Are you taking a reactive or proactive approach to your taxes? Do you wait until the year is over and hope for the best when tax time comes around? Is your business taking accurate tax deductions and receiving all the tax credits you deserve? Welcome to the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge. Today, we will answer these questions and many more. So sharpen your pencil and take some notes. Now, here is your host, Marcelino Dodge. Welcome to the Tax Answers Advisor. This is Marcelino Dodge, slowly climbing the ladder here up to show 31 and still still building a little bit. I want to give a big shout out to the listeners uh, out around the world. Something I just never imagined when I start this, that I'd have a worldwide audience uh, like the Philippines and Japan, of course the United States and China. It's just great that there's so many out there that are interested in these tax topics. Just, just never imagined it when this journey started there. As topics come up or if you have questions about anything in the program today, please be sure to email me at success at cashtracksfinancial.com or give me a call at 844-394-4287. And certainly applies anything we've had in the past or anything that we're discussing today, which is a very hot topic among, well, the tax area is definitely really big because it's investing in cryptocurrency. Are you prepared for the taxes? Well, one thing we're going to talk about today from the taxpayer standpoint is the IRS is definitely looking at this and they're getting even closer at it. And we're going to talk about cryptocurrency because everybody seems like owning some type of coin. could be a Bitcoin, could be a Litecoin. Uh, there's a lot of different ways you can buy these. Uh, the transactions are very murky in how to do it and how does that deal with taxes. Well, the way we're going to approach this today is we have uh, Amy Wall, an enrolled agent from Tucson, Arizona, who does tax returns for individuals and small businesses, uh, teaches tax classes for the National Association of Tax Preparers, also known as NATP in our uh, area. And I've had the privilege of taking some classes uh, from Amy. She's a beautiful instructor, even done some own publishing in the Tax Pro Journal and even in Walter Kluwer's Journal of the Tax Practice and Procedures. Published her own book on virtual tax, the taxation of virtual currency, and a topic that I've had a also had a classroom around divorce and taxes, uh, which you should know before you sign, which that's a very important topic as well at some point to consider. And then even topics for real estate agents. She's done a book, uh, book on that as well. But cryptocurrency is definitely one of her favorite tax topics, which is why Amy is going to sit here and visit with us today. And she's been working on this since 2014. Well, I can imagine that 2014 uh, cryptocurrency was like, like an infant then. But now we got someone who's, I don't know, I would think at this point just about an expert on it. Amy Wall, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good. My husband just handed me a cup of coffee, so things are looking up. <laughs> hey, that's a great start to the day. How uh, Just real quickly here, uh, this uh, second year in a row extended tax season, did, uh, did everything survive for you well? Yeah, it's, uh, it would be really nice if Congress would stop changing the tax laws in the middle of tax season. <laughs> that, that has not made things easy. You know, mid, in early March, the IRS or Congress decided that $10,000 of unemployment compensation shouldn't be taxable. So everything had to kind of shut down while the IRS got their software updated and all of the mm-hmm. tax practice people got their software updated. It, it's kind of not fair to change the rules in the middle of the game, yes. but, you know, that's just me complaining. 
Yeah, that's me complaining too because I had a lot of people whose uh, refunds got delayed. Oh, we're still we still have people who filed back in in mid March who haven't gotten a refund yet, and I keep telling them it's you know it's because Congress changes the tax laws in the middle of tax season, and getting refunds out is suddenly not the hottest topic. Suddenly, getting current on on tax law, you know, brand new tax laws is the hottest topic. But yes. the United States tends to kind of do everything through the tax code. We administer welfare programs through the tax code. We we mm-hmm. do just about everything through the tax code, so that makes it a little challenging. Yes, yes, that definitely did there. So it's nice to know that I'm not the only one that's had refunds taking up to 10 weeks at least. So that's Oh, absolutely. No, we're we're all seeing it. And then the other problem with that unemployment compensation thing, and I know that's not what we're here to talk about, but the IRS yeah. is going to automatically issue refunds if you filed ahead of time, but your state isn't, so you still have to amend mm-hmm. your state return. Well, and it depends on the state. Because like Colorado, we have to well, add a back certainly in. here in Arizona, there's no way. I mean, most states, they start with the federal adjusted gross income, mm-hmm. so they don't know if the unemployment compensation is already included or not. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the problem. See, uh, when it's subtracted on the federal, but then Colorado, we got to know if that, oh, you got to add this back in on the other addition line. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it varies from state to state. It's cr- just it really crazy it how it goes. Or That's the fun of tax changes in the middle of tax tax season but okay back to the topic at hand here just had to have our little rant there that's uh that's nice so <laughs> it had to be done marcelino just had to be done <laughs> oh i just uh, it's nice to be able to sit and talk and get just rant that stuff out as as professionals at the frustration we go through so that our clients or the people that listen to this understand that you know you got frustrations you know just imagine it on our end as professionals we're, we're having to deal with you we know you're waiting but it's like we're the, we're the middleman that's kind of stuck telling you what's going on or trying to anyway. Exactly, exactly, and we have to deal with it with you know however many hundreds of clients we have. So, mm-hmm. so you know, cryptocurrency. Let's talk about cryptocurrency because we saw that on the 2020 yes. tax return. Mm-hmm. You know, on the 1040, the famous crypto question: At any time during 2020, did you receive, sell, send, exchange, or otherwise acquire any financial interest in any virtual currency? I mean, the IRS is getting pretty serious here. Yes, they definitely are. In fact, I remember doing my continuing education right at the end of, of 2020, beginning of 2021 in preparation for this tax season. That was one of the points that was mentioned during those continuing education classes was this question that's on there all of a sudden. And uh, if you're, how do you answer the question if maybe you've bought some, but you really so haven't that, done anything? It's actually very interesting or? because what, if you actually read the question, it says, did you acquire any financial interest? You would think that if you bought some, you'd have to say yes. But the IRS actually came out and said, no, if all you did was buy it, you can, you can check no. And I felt like, hey, you know, the only language we got here is English. <laughs> yes. Why don't you guys read that? You know, <laughs> create this question in a way that that would be obvious. <laughs> yes, definitely there. So if all so you did was buy, you can check no. Yes. Yeah, and I... Actually, I've I kind of could have been done a better job asking that of my clients this year. I'll admit that because it's even it's new to us as tax preparers as well. So except for you that's been doing it, but I know I'm still kind of getting myself up on it there a little bit. So, but uh, I'm I'm working on asking clients more about that as well. I'm probably going to put that at the top of my uh, a questionnaire for future years. Just yeah, like we've got a, it as like a standard on our questionnaire because you know I have I have colleagues who just 
take a look at the person and just think, nah, and they check no. And it's like, you know, you don't know that. I have little lady grandma clients whose grandkids gave them a Bitcoin years ago, and she's been playing mm-hmm. with it ever since. You don't know. You don't know by looking at a client if they have virtual currency or not, especially these days when it seems like pretty much everybody's jumped on that bandwagon. You, you mm-hmm. can't make that assumption. Oh, yeah, and that's something that we got to be careful about, and certainly uh, taxpayers need to make sure they're at least telling their tax professional, yes, I did buy some. Yes. It's definitely good there. So let's well, uh, see exactly, more exactly, what cryptocurrency is. At least we know it's a weird thing, and it isn't money, so basically... Well, what is it? You know, for tax it's, it's, it's really fascinating, and that, that's why I'm so interested in it. I actually have a, a second major in economics and an MBA, so I'm fascinated by, you know, just these monetary issues. The original idea behind cryptocurrency, which, you know, is kind of, this, the term is used synonymously with virtual currency, so people shouldn't get too hung up on, is there a difference? There, there is technically, but for all intents and purposes, there isn't, and the IRS uses those terms synonymously as well. So virtual currency equals cryptocurrency. And the fun thing about it is it was originally intended to be an alternative to paying through third parties. The idea was, why are we spending literally billions of dollars on PayPal, on banks, on fees, on credit cards, on all these things mm-hmm. that don't do a lot more than transfer money from one person to another? So the idea was, what if we didn't need those? So all these software geniuses started working on it, and I would not even begin to pretend to understand the software. I don't need to. This is how blockchain was created. The idea of blockchain is that it's a 100% secure way of transferring value from one account to another. That's the concept. That was the idea. And I had a lot of clients in the early days who were what I call true believers of crypto. They really believed mm-hmm. in it, and they used their cryptocurrency for everything. Any, you know, They went to buy a cup of coffee at Starbucks, and they'd whip out their special crypto-to-dollars debit card mm-hmm. and pay with essentially with whatever, you know, with Bitcoin, with, with whatever virtual mm-hmm. currency uh, they were holding. And then this debit card would automatically convert it to dollars for the vendor. So the vendor didn't have to take crypto. It was being paid in crypto, but it was invisible to the, to mm-hmm. the vendor. The problem came in mm-hmm. when the IRS back in 2014 said, you know what? Bad news, guys. We're going to consider <laughs> cryptocurrency as property. And that meant that every time this guy whips out his, his special debit card to buy a Starbucks, he has sold a piece of property, and it has to be accounted for in his tax return. And that was a genuine bummer for the mm-hmm. true believers of cryptocurrency. That definitely, I can see where that would be a bummer, because then it's like, oh, wait a minute, we're trying to do something or try to make it a little easier. But then, like anything else, the IRS has to find a way to tax it. And well, and the problem became, and, and the reason the IRS finally got serious in uh, in 2014 is the first time mm-hmm. that there was any tax law published on cryptocurrency. Was we had a, mm-hmm. a tax notice in 2014, and that's when they set out the word that you know this is this is going to be treated as property. Now the problem for the IRS, or mm-hmm. you know, in fairness, because <laughs> you know just they're they're doing the best they can, just like the rest of us poor fuckers, is you know what else could it have been? It's not currency. Mm-hmm. It's not fiat currency for any country. So. A, it's not currency. Okay, mm-hmm. so B, it's yeah. not stock because there's no ownership portion. Mm-hmm. It's not a bond because there isn't a loan. 
you know, what, what else was it? You know, they were kind of out of choices. There's this kind of strange animal, and they look at it and go, well, it's got four legs and a tail and a head, so I guess it's a horse. Well, it's not really a horse. It's something else, but they're out of choices. They've already, you know, gone through all the options and all that's left is property. But, you know, mm-hmm. was this, a, this became a huge problem for people who were using crypto, and it's become a huge problem for the people who are holding crypto now as an investment because suddenly out of nowhere... You know, mm-hmm. instead of this becoming a method of payment, it became an investment. And suddenly everybody and their kid brother is buying coins of some kind. I, I say Bitcoin because it's easy. It, it's mm-hmm. still the best known coin. But all these altcoins, you know, every, every other coin can be lumped into the, into the term altcoin. Bitcoin mm-hmm. and all the altcoins are suddenly now being sold and traded and blah, blah, blah. And every time you make a sale or a trade, it's a taxable event. There is no like-kind exchange for cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. It's a sale of property and a purchase of a new property every time. And if you do that 100 times a day, how do you track it? Hmm. It sounds, I mean, in theory, at least in the way that you're talking about it, it sounds like some people are like day trading stocks, but instead of day trading stocks, they're like they're doing it with virtual currency. Marcelito, it's one hundred percent right. There are people who are day trading crypto. They are they are all day long, and then they come to do their wow. taxes. And one of my first crypto clients showed up with like seventy five pages of a list of um, oh. CSV files that just showed this was sold and this was purchased, this was sold and this was purchased, mm-hmm. this was. And he said, "What would you pay, What would you cost? What would it cost for you to turn this into a tax return for me?" And I said, ten million dollars." <laughs> you know, nobody could do this. <laughs> you know, because because Bitcoin is divisible down to eight decimals. It's not like you bought a Bitcoin and you sold a Bitcoin. You might have bought a Bitcoin, but then you sold point oh one one two three four five six seven Bitcoin, and then you traded point oh two three four five six seven eight Bitcoin for some Litecoin. I mean, who could track this? <laughs> it know? sounds Nobody. like it sounds like you're trading the old math symbol pi. That's what it sounds yeah. like. You're trading a bunch of. Of that, at least that's what it may come to my mind as you started to, all the decimal points back in there with it. So, well, there are yeah. some virtual currencies that are divisible down to eighteen decimals. So I mean, seriously, oh my goodness. realistically, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> people were walking into their tax preparer going, "Okay, here's kind of a list of what I did," and the tax preparers are looking at it in despair, going, "You know, I have no, I have no clue in God's green earth what to do with this." So the answer, the happy answer to this, is we have these conversion platforms. We have people who mm-hmm. are way smarter than me, who've designed software that can actually take the files directly from an exchange and mm. convert it into an 8949, and thus our lives are saved, right? Yes, yes, actually. I've, I've seen a few things, but not nowhere near on that level. But I'm, I'm grateful. There's software. At least there's a software that can convert it for us. That, that's yeah, that's going to be so needed as we go forward. There's different conversion platforms, and, and people say to me, which one do you recommend? And I say, well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't dream of recommending one because I don't want to be held responsible for the data, right? Yes. Because there's, mm-hmm. there's court cases in our future. It's just a question of when. So I tell them, you know, they're, they're really cheap. Use two or three. See which one seems right to you. You're the one mm-hmm. who did this. And, you know, that's the numbers that we'll use. And it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's as simple as that. Now, the other Mm -hmm. thing that we have that comes in is there's other activities involved with crypto um, Mm -hmm. other than buying and selling. There are these things called forks. And what a Mm -hmm. fork is, is at some point, there's a a software change that actually creates two coins moving forward. So literally a fork in the road. 
And what happens is that very often a holder of the old currency is then given some amount of the new currency. And for years and years and years after the notice came out in 2014 from the IRS, Mm -hmm. people were asking, well, so this forked income that I got, this forked coin, this Bitcoin cash that I got in 2018, what do, what do I do with it? You know, is it taxable? Is it taxable when I get it? Is it taxable when I sell it with a basis of zero? Mm-hmm. What do I do? And literally, there was five years of silence from the IRS between 2014, <laughs> literally five years. And then finally, in 2019, they released a revenue ruling where they said, and it addressed one topic and one topic only, which was airdrops and forks. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, yeah, by the way, did we forget to mention <laughs> that, that when you receive fork currency, it's ordinary income as of that date, fair market value as of the date and time mm-hmm. you had access to it. And an airdrop is a similar thing. An airdrop is a marketing stunt. Someone's creating a new coin, and they'll send mm-hmm. out some of this new coin to you know, pretty much anybody who's got a wallet on certain exchanges. And, oh. and people who are serious in crypto, they get this airdrop stuff constantly. So really? ordinary income. Fair market value as of the date and time. Now, happily, most of this stuff that's, that's, that's airdropped in, it's not worth anything at that time. But then mm. we have to remember moving forward that it has a basis of zero. Ooh. Now, just a little I, bit I know, back on the forks. This is the, right? <laughs> yeah, the whole basis of zero is always a great place to start. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. But one thing I wanted to ask you about the forks is that – it's making when you're describing about the forks. What that makes me think about is a little bit about when a stock splits, and you end up having more shares. I mean, it may not be similar. I don't know. I'm just, that, but that's what it makes me think of because there's they make there's some and type of change. A, and, and, and that is an approach that a lot of people were taking in between 2014 and 2019 mm-hmm. and trying to figure out what would be the right way to tax this forked income. Mm-hmm. And and some people were doing that. They were splitting the original coins basis in between. Mm-hmm. Um, the two different coins. So, you know, that was one way of dealing with it. But it's a little bit different than a stock split okay. in that you're not getting more shares of the same stock. You'd be getting mm-hmm. shares of a different stock, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's as if your stock had babies, you know, and suddenly you're like, whoa. <laughs> 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 whoa, what's this? But, you know, the IRS put it all to bed and said, no, that's ordinary income. The other thing that people can walk in with mm-hmm. is um, is virtual currency that they've earned, that they've mm-hmm. actually, you know, they've gotten paid. They're miners. They've mined cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. or they work for some overseas company. Typically, it's an overseas company, and they've gotten paid in virtual currency. And it's a big shock to them to realize that you now have to pay self-employment tax on the, on that, that income. That's mm-hmm. that's earned income. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah and that and that would apply as well, tax. wouldn't it, for like those who some maybe an overseas company to get that, or some people I know will go in and like. I don't know, build these powerful systems and start mining them themselves in this room where they set up and right. just start mining out the coins to get them. But right, right. That's, that's earned income all the way. Now, would they get, uh, since they spent some, I mean, would there be some, uh, it's earned income, but would there be like some type of uh, like expense involved because they spent all of this, like even if it's uh, capitalized over time uh, for the Absolutely. expense they put into setting up the dating, the data mining? Absolutely, absolutely. All that equipment that they had to buy, and it's expensive stuff. Um, mm. You know, that, that would all be an expense. And, and what, as a tax preparer, the other thing you have to remember to do is say, did you have any of these expenses in crypto? Because it's really fascinating. A lot of these guys, now, there are some crypto clients I have who know more, 
you know, they, they know a ton about taxes because all their, all of their assets are tied up in crypto, so they're really on the ball. But for most people, this has happened to me several times where I'm talking to a miner, and, you know, we've added up how much he got and what the fair market value was in the day. We've got a dollar value. And I say, you know, by the way, did you have any expenses? And he goes, yeah, you know, I bought this computer. It was $1,000. Great. We subtract $1,000. Get ready to button it all up. And then it turns out that he actually bought that computer with cryptocurrency. So now we have a sale <laughs> of cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. So then you okay, deduct the computer. Okay, so essentially the now to the IRS, he sold crypto and he bought a computer. So now that has to go on his Schedule D, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, when we do the mining, though, is that like a Schedule C or since it's self-employment? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Schedule C, and I put in business code 999999 because, you know, <laughs> what else is there to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't well, been able to find yeah, crypto mining in the then? business code list, try as I might. So, yeah, absolutely. It's treated just like a normal business. And then every time, if you have a client who comes in with mining income, you have to absolutely have to say, well, what would you do with the rest of the crypto? What would you do with this crypto when you got it? Because most of the time, mm-hmm. it's not sitting in their in their wallet quietly. They've They've cashed it in or they've bought stuff with it. So someone comes in and they say, all I did was mine crypto. And I think, no, that's <laughs> chances of that being true or somewhere between slim and zero. You did something with that crypto. You're living on it. Or, you mm-hmm. know, you've traded it. You've done something with it. So these crypto clients, it, it often can get pretty complicated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have a piece of property defined by the IRS. Then they are kind of doing who knows what with it. They're maybe receiving it or... Maybe they're buying it. So there's a whole big, it's a whole, I don't know, just, just big picture there that you got to try to understand exactly or help our client to try to understand what exactly are you doing because this is a whole, because it's a whole new animal, are you, I mean, are you trying to make money with it? Are you trying to invest it? Are you trying to buy stuff with it? I mean, it's it's a whole nother, at least it sounds like a whole nother interview just to understand what's going on with with the, with the crypto, or maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe that's what their actual profession is. You have some that just do, like, that's all they do? Um, I haven't had anyone yet that that's all they did. It was usually, mm. you know, it's usually like a software engineer or something that, you know, down in his basement, he's, he's set up a, you know, a mining situation. But actually, in my office, we have a whole separate questionnaire that on our, mm. on our original questionnaire, we have them check yes or no. You know, did you have any virtual currency activity? And if they check yes, basically, we print out the crypto question. If they check yes, we immediately whip out our virtual currency questionnaire, which drills down. You know, did you earn it? Did you sell? Did you buy? Did you inherit? Did you donate? Did you gift? Did you, you know, all these different things that people could be doing with virtual currency. It's a whole separate, yeah, it's like a whole separate interview. And and often, they don't even know to check the right boxes. You know, someone comes in and they say, you know, I participated in an initial coin offering, but that's all I did. That's not all you did, because to participate in an ICO, you had to use existing cryptocurrency. You don't buy in with dollars. You buy in with, you know, Bitcoin or Litecoin or whatever altcoin. So you sold that. So if you participated in an ICO, you also had a sale of virtual currency. (laughs) They don't necessarily realize that. You know, we have to lead them through it. Mm -hmm. They don't always know. And because they're moving it so fast, uh, it it stays basically as as ordinary income because it's like a short-term capital gain or tax like ordinary income. So unless they actually actually do hold it, <laughs> which I don't know how many of those you actually encountered, they actually do hold it so that it qualifies for 
long-term rates. Uh, it's it's a constant oh, hold. It's just regular taxes, pretty much. Most of the time, it's short term. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it's short term. But I'll tell you, this is this is just a story. This is this is something that actually happened to me. Okay, this past mm-hmm. couple months ago, I got a call from a potential new client who had just made five million dollars on long term gains on Bitcoin. Oh my goodness! And this, yeah, the story is this is great. And this is what I love about crypto is you just get the best stories. This guy bought crypto back in 2011 for about a penny per Bitcoin. Oh, okay? wow. When it, first, when, when it first came into existence, practically, this guy buys 50 Bitcoin, okay? And he stores the keys rather than keep it on a wallet because, you know, you don't trust your exchanges. Exchanges get mm-hmm. hacked all the time. Stores the keys on his computer. And I said to him immediately, I said, well, how did you resist selling this stuff in 2018 when it went to, you know, like $20,000? And he said, I couldn't find it. He said, I wanted to sell it, and I searched through my hard drive, and I couldn't find the keys. So I assumed that I had simply, you know, it was on the old computer, and I got rid of it, and oh, God, you know, now I feel stupid, and, but, but that's mm-hmm. life. I said, well, then what happened? He said, well, early this year, I went to buy some Dogecoin. And I went to store it on my hard drive, and then I found the keys for the Bitcoin. So when Bitcoin hit 50000 here's this guy selling his Bitcoin. Oh, my. Do you love that? Wow, I love that. That's just amazing. Yeah, so guess what? Ooh. Long term. Long term, <laughs> Long term, yeah. Long term rates and everything. Good, good for him. Yeah, yeah, he's a happy guy. I said to him, did you quit your job like you mean? And he goes, no, I love my work. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. So, you know, this guy was just destined to be a millionaire, just a question how to go about it, I guess. So you got to love virtual currency because you just, you just get these crazy stories. So, yeah, some people have long-term capital gains, but at this point it's more by accident because, you know, it, it's, it's really hard to resist selling when you've already, you know, multiplied your, your original investment times 10 or whatever, right? Mm. Or even, or even if uh, I was just looking at, uh, for example, like even like Litecoin, how it's was like I don't know, like fifty bucks a coin a few months ago, and now it's hovering between two hundred and three hundred. Yes, and the per, big question, of course, is: is this a bubble? Yeah. Yeah, because is there really that kind of value in this? You know, it's it's a math construct. It's just sitting there being a math construct, and we're paying all this money for it. So it's not like you're buying a, a, a share of ownership. You know, what are you actually buying? And and that's that's the question that nobody kind of wants to ask. What are you actually buying? But you know, as long as someone can make money on it, you know, or thinks they can make money on it, they're they're going to buy it. So we as tax professionals have to figure out how do I tease this down? How do I handle this? Because it's not going away. Mm-hmm. How do I handle this? In my office, how do I make sure I'm filing properly? How do I make sure I'm keeping myself and my client out of trouble? So, you know, people can help us. And I tell my clients, stick with exchanges that are supported by these conversion platforms. Don't go crazy. Don't go putting your money in exchanges that you then can't, uh, you know, can't track uh, mm-hmm. your, your transactions because that doesn't help anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. We definitely want want to make sure we're... We're trying to help people, which is the whole goal of this program is to talk, is to discuss subjects like this to bring it to light. Because they're, I mean, you're, you're dealing with with a group, and you've got a good good group of people you're working with and, and training them. But yet, there's a lot of people who are still playing with cryptocurrency, going around buying, selling, 
and are just thinking, hey, I'm going around here. I'm not going to pay any taxes on this. I can only imagine how many people are out there doing that because they're just... Absolutely, and I've had people tell me outright that, you know, they think it's absolutely wrong that the IRS is collecting taxes on cryptocurrency income and they don't plan to pay any. So there's no doubt the IRS is right when they suspect Mm -hmm. that there's a lot of tax fraud going on with cryptocurrency. They're 100% correct. There's there's Mm -hmm. no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, just take a brief break here just to catch our breath a little bit and then come back and expand on this cryptocurrency and and talk about some of these uh, enforcement efforts, the IRS, that we want to make people aware of that will affect them. And they just got to be aware that the IRS isn't going to let let you get away with this forever. I mean, it's like there's things that get on their radar. And right now, this is one of those things that's on the radar. So we're going to come back in just a couple minutes here. Uh, This is Marcelino Dodge on the Voice America Business Channel on the Tax Answers Advisor. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Each year you file taxes, save money, spend money, and run your business. You try to educate yourself and manage as much as you can on your own. But no matter how hard you search, trying to find the solutions right for you can lead to frustration and burnout. The traditional tax filing and bookkeeping approach no longer works. In a perfect world, the tax professional would work with you throughout the year so you have more time and energy to do the things you love. Marcelino Dodge at Cash Tracks Financial believes you should focus on your job and have a partner to support you to take care of everything else. That is why we developed our personal success and business success bundles. Our clients achieve better results because we focus on more than just tax and bookkeeping stuff. We start with a no-cost mutual exploration meeting to determine if our success bundles are right for you. To schedule your free mutual exploration session, call 844-394-4287, email success at cashtracksfinancial.com or visit cashtracksfinancial.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tax Answers Advisor with host Marcelino Dodge. To reach our program today, please call in. The number is 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to success at cashtracksfinancial.com. Now, back to the Tax Answers Advisor. Welcome back to the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge. Having a wonderful discussion today with uh, Amy Walls regarding cryptocurrency and how the IRS is ready for it, are you? If you have any questions about anything on today's or any prior program, please give me a call at 844-394-4287. Love to have a discussion with you about any of these matters or even have a free uh, mutual exploration meeting as to whether uh, working with you through such uh, matters as this or maybe other 
other challenges you may have tax-wise because our goal as tax professionals is to get you every break within the law so that you pay as little tax as possible. So we're going to come back here uh, with uh, Amy. And we've talked about all, a whole slew of stuff already regarding cryptocurrency and trading. Uh, one thing you did mention here a little bit, we talked a little bit about how sometimes you'll trade maybe one cryptocurrency for another cryptocurrency there. Uh, is that a tax-free exchange? Some people apparently think so. Well, you know, the problem was is that like-kind exchange was – like-kind exchange is a complicated topic and more so than people think. People would like, <laughs> yes. you know, the idea of like-kind exchange makes so much sense to everyone that they just assume, oh, <laughs> like-kind exchange, of course. Now, we know today that it's mm-hmm. that it's over, and we know that because in the end of 2017, we had the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that said like-kind exchange for anything other than real estate is, is, is dead. Okay, mm-hmm. other than real estate, there is no like-kind exchange starting in 2018. But prior to 2018, if you read, if you were into the chat rooms on virtual currency, of which there are there are many, people absolutely just assumed that trading, you know, Ether for Litecoin or whatever was going to be mm-hmm. a like kind exchange, and nobody had to do anything uh, about that from a tax standpoint. And you know, since the IRS took five years, you know, before they mm-hmm. they, they came out with the new new tax laws, um, you know, they they weren't they weren't disabusing anybody of this notion. The problem. With, with like-kind exchange, as tax professionals know, is that if you have a like-kind exchange, you have to put Form 8824 on your tax return. Yes. You don't just get to wave your hand like a magic wand and go, ah, like-kind exchange, I'm not going to worry about it. No, no, no. Like-kind exchanges are reported. They may not be taxable, but they are reportable on Form mm-hmm. 8824. And Form 8824 requires you to list every single like-kind exchange what the original thing was worth, what the new mm-hmm. thing was worth, the date that it happened, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Nobody did that. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because no kidding. The, you know, nobody yeah. even could have told you what the original value was and what the next value was. I mean, nobody could even figure it out. So here's all these people waving their hands going, meh, like kind exchange, no form 8824, so definitely not a like kind exchange. And then mm-hmm. the question becomes, well, what's the basis of that property moving forward? You know, you couldn't even begin to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I, so, I always remember the after-the-fact people coming in saying, well, I went and did this, and I went over and I did this. And I'm like, okay, did you do this? And I'm like, well, okay, no, that's not a like-kind exchange. And well, what? And they'd give you all the, I don't know, the right. irritation. But it's like, uh, we got to plan yeah, this ahead the irritation. of time. Why are you making this so hard for me? And he said, they're going, well, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Believe me, if it were up to me, the tax code would be a whole lot simpler. But this is what we have. We have Form 8824. And I, I have processed in my, in my time doing virtual currency, one, Form 8824 for virtual currency, count them, one. And with a, a client who is a software engineer and actually wrote a program to create in 8824. It was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. Wow, boy, that but, uh, that was good talent there to be able to do that. And so, so he had planned to do he had he had planned it because because to do the like kind exchange in the past, you had to it had there had to be planning involved ahead of time exactly. to be able to fill exactly. out the form. You didn't just like I say, wave your magic wand and go woof tax free like kind exchange. Now you know, of course, now because the way that that virtual currency skyrocketed in value, 
those old currencies have long been sold, other than you know a few exceptions like my guy who who couldn't find his his keys. But most of the stuff it's been sold was were the sales figures accurate? Did it take into account the fact that tax hadn't been paid on the slide kind of exchange? No, no, of course not, because there's just no way to track it. So we we've kind of created this 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 animal that's. Mm-hmm. Bigger than, and we're trying to cage it into into a form 1040, and it's just too big for that. I mean, it's just it's too complicated. It's too big. So what we, as tax professionals, do, what I tend to do is I, I break it into chunks. Okay, I can report this chunk. I can report this chunk. I can report this chunk. And some things I know I'm never going to know the right numbers ever, 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 and I have to let it go. Because all we can do is the best we can do. As you know from being a tax professional, Marshall, you know all you can ever do is the best you can do, right? Yeah, that's the best we can do with what we have, and then, of course, and then that's why we have engagement letters too. So, <laughs> yeah, and the other thing I have is a virtual currency engagement letter that basically says, "Look, I'm doing the best I can with what I have. Sign here." <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, so. you know I'm not going to lose my license over some guy who's you know decided to go crazy. Now, the other thing I will say, mm-hmm. you know, all of you tax you know taxpayers out there. Tax professionals can say no to you being a client, and I've had crypto clients that I knew either simply were never going to understand what they were doing and so could never get me the right information, or I was pretty sure were lying and was committing tax fraud, and I just don't take them on because it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's basically... So a tax any- preparer has to be, you have to be yeah. ready to say, you know what, I can't help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some, and that's something that uh, sometimes we have we, we have difficulty doing as tax professionals. But yeah, we got to maintain our ethics and things and things for our license uh, because we can't be putting our license on the line for people who just don't want to do it right. And exactly. usually, when you start exactly. asking them questions, a certain amount of questions or certain types of questions, that kind of weeds them out anyway. Or sometimes they just get up and leave on their own. So, which is actually pretty nice when they do that. Yeah. So. Yeah, the minute you make it clear that you're not playing <laughs> whatever game, you know, is being put on the table, you know, those people will typically will typically take off. But, yeah, I mean, if someone tells me outright, you know, I'm, I don't want to pay tax on this, I want you to figure out a way for me to not pay tax on it, you know, bye-bye, mm-hmm. we're done. Because, you know, you have to pay tax. You're American, you live here, you're going to pay tax. That's life. Mm-hmm. That is, that is life. And uh, sometimes... Uh, if, as a taxpayer, you get fired by your tax professional, which we can do, we can basically ask ask a taxpayer. Absolutely, to, we're not we're not going to do business with you, and this is why. Uh, maybe you, as a taxpayer, needs need, need, needs to redo your thinking, which leads us into another area, which is why, if you're a person in cryptocurrency and you're not paying taxes and you're thinking you don't got to report it, well, there's these notices. They're called John Doe summons. That the IRS has been serving to some, some of these. Uh, oh my goodness! Oh, it's just the, coin, the famous John Doe summons to Coinbase. Yeah, Coinbase, oh, like the Coinbase, in those areas. Yes, they've been sending those out, and so, and there was a recent case that that went right along with this. Do you? What's what's your thoughts on that, there, Amy? Well, the John Doe summons to Coinbase was fascinating. So that happened. Oh my God! I want to say 2016. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, so what happened is the IRS got, has, has been all along very frustrated uh, with not being able to really drill down into what income people have from cryptocurrency. You know, it's a problem for them because, 
you know, if you, if you have a brokerage account, the broker sends out a 1099B, and everybody uh, everybody's happy. You know, we all know what the we all know what the income is. The IRS knows what the income is. Everybody gets it. Now they don't have that um, for cryptocurrency, and why they haven't had that yet, I don't know. But I'm sure that's in the cards. Is they're going to get U.S. exchanges to to create something like a 1099B, so that mm-hmm. everybody knows what the income was. But as of now, we don't have that. So the IRS has been having to rely on taxpayer honesty to report their crypto gains, <laughs> and we all know what you know. <laughs> we all know what that's worth, right? You yes. know, so imagine that banks weren't sending out 1099s, and imagine that, mm-hmm. that, that employers weren't sending out W-2s, and everyone was just mm-hmm. you know, on Scouts Honor to report their income. That's the situation with cryptocurrency. It's pretty much mm-hmm. Scouts Honor. So the IRS decided back in uh, 2017, yeah, mm-hmm. to send what was called a John Doe summons to Coinbase. And what a John Doe summons is, it's interesting. Normally the IRS issues a summons, and it's for a specific person. They're issuing a summons for information on, you know, bond meth or something. A John Doe mm-hmm. summons is is saying we're summoning information, we're asking for information without having to name the party. We basically, this is what the IRS said, we want information on everybody that's made money through Coinbase, which is the U.S.'s largest virtual currency exchange. Mm-hmm. And Coinbase said, oh, oh, I don't think so. Right? Mm-hmm. And here's yes. you know, the chat rooms are filled with virtual currency owners who are hysterical that, oh my God, you know, Coinbase is going to out us. Coinbase is going <laughs> to give the IRS all the information that I haven't been reporting for years and years and years on, on what my virtual currency income is. Well, Coinbase fought back and said, you know, we don't think this is legal. So mm-hmm. finally, it took a year, and a year later, a California federal court uh, told told Coinbase, okay, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to compromise here. And what they did is they, they had them give information to the IRS for anyone who had a certain level of income and a certain number of trades. This is basically like a 1099K. Mm-hmm. And Coinbase did that. They said 14,000 people were affected, which seemed really low to me, honestly. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's not very much, you know, that's not very many people. Um, and so for those people, Coinbase did release the information. Now, of course, that left hundreds of thousands of people whose mm-hmm. information was not reported to the IRS. So the IRS then moved into fear tactics. And mm-hmm. the fear tactics have taken uh, several, several different uh, forms. In 2019, we had uh, letters go out, Forms 6173 and 6174, were mm-hmm. sent out to people that, for whatever reason, they thought had cryptocurrency transactions. Now, I had clients who had been reporting correctly for years who got the letters, and the letters were just mm-hmm. saying, hey, we got our eyeballs on you. We got our eyes on you. You better be doing it right. If you're not doing it right, you better start doing it right and amend back your returns. Not everybody who was lying on their tax return got a letter. Not everybody who got a letter was lying on their tax return. <laughs> it was kind of a, uh, you know, kind of, kind of a, a birdshot kind of approach, just sort of, you know, shotgun approach. We're going to just try to target as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. And certainly it put the fear of the IRS into a number of people. I you know, had a couple of people show up, new clients say, you know, I didn't report my cryptocurrency. I didn't mean to do anything wrong. I just didn't realize. So let's amend all these back year returns. So, you know, it did some mm-hmm. amount of good. Are there still people who are dead sure they're going to get away with it and not pay tax on it? Absolutely. And mm-hmm. sooner or later, are they going to be found? Probably. Probably. You know, at one point, the IRS was talking about hiring a European company called Chainalysis, who actually could not break the blockchain, but could 
track the blockchain back to figure out who was doing what. I don't know what's ever come of that. It, it might be too big a job for anybody. But, but the IRS was threatening that. So the IRS is very serious about this. Mm-hmm. And I think that what we've seen before is going to be nothing compared to how serious they're going to be for 2021 because people have made mm-hmm. a lot of money in 2021 from virtual mm-hmm. currency. And at least from the information I've received, just enforcement in general with the IRS is just going to be a big... I'm sorry, can you speak uh, up just a little bit? I, I was thinking that Based on what I had, on what I've had, or what I've come across, is that enforcement with the IRS is going to increase anyway, and this is one of the items that's on their target, is the cryptocurrency. Well, so, yeah, hopefully they're going to finally give the IRS some some decent funding. Everyone talks about mm-hmm. defunding the IRS like that's going to help something. Yeah. When in fact, once you have a problem and you try to call the IRS and it takes you three weeks to get through, you know, <laughs> then you know we have a problem that the IRS isn't mm-hmm. getting enough money. I mean, this is the only branch of the government that, that makes money. Okay, seriously, we, we need money to run the government, no matter what your politics are. So funding yeah. the IRS and giving them more money to do, to do their job is, is a good thing in every possible way. So, yeah, are they going to be more and more onto cryptocurrency? You bet. So mm-hmm. I would say if you have cryptocurrency, you know what? Plan to pay taxes on it. Just make your life easy. Sleep at night. <laughs> Don't make your life any harder than it is. And yes, because that is the IRS's goal, is to ID. I mean, just like the banks send out their little 1099 INTs, the investment companies send out their 1099Bs and stuff. There's going to probably some type of 1099CR, yeah. who knows what, coming up coming up in the near future for cryptocurrency yeah, investors. Yeah, 1099BC, so. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Something of that nature. For so. virtual currency. Now, there are 1099Ks, Marcelino, people who have... Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of transactions with one exchange. That exchange, if it's in the U.S., is required to send a 1099-K. Just as oh. if, you know, that's the same form that we get when people have For money that's come in through a third-party processor. You know, your mm. hair salons, your, you know, whatever small business comes in with your 1099-K, that's what they yeah. got through through a, a third-party um, transfer agent, you know, like PayPal or whatever. They have to send out 1099-Ks. So virtual currency exchanges in the U.S., We'll send out 1099-Ks, and the fun thing okay. about those, speaking mm-hmm. as a tax person, is, you know, it only reports the gross income. So the first mm-hmm. time I ever saw yes. one of those, I had a client come in, and he was white as a sheet, getting ready to pass out on the floor. The 1099-K <laughs> said $429,000. Well, that was his gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Poor guy. He was like, I didn't make $429,000. I was like, no, sweetheart, I know you didn't. <laughs> that was your gross. Now we got to figure out, you know, what, what your net was. Okay, it's fine. So we just have to make sure as tax preparers that that mm-hmm. 1099K gross number shows up somewhere okay. in the tax return so that the IRS matching program is satisfied. And so that, that 1099K, so basically there is already some reporting through some areas for cryptocurrency, especially if they do enough, they're going to be end up on a 1099K. Right, which is going to immediately identify to the IRS, aha, crypto person. But, you know, it doesn't show, it doesn't show what the actual income was. It just shows the gross. It's as if your 1099B from Chuck Schwab said a million dollars. Well, you know, they didn't make a million dollars. You know, a million dollars might have traded hands in some way back and forth, you know, if they were doing a lot of trading. But that's not Mm -hmm. what they earned. That's not what they made. So that comes back and figuring back into the favorite part we like to try to figure out is, okay, what's the basis on this? What trades did they have? Uh, Right. In in some cases, well, usually if they get the 1099K, it's probably going to be all short term anyway. 
Yes, so it's most of the time. Most virtual currency transactions are short term. That's that's mm-hmm. the rule more than the exception. Yeah. But like I say, especially these days when you know things have gotten things prices have gotten so high, people are just you know they're just selling stuff left and right. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to see a lot of long term activity. Okay. Yeah. Because but, you know, it's, by the way, another way that that virtual currency holders earn earn money. I'm putting earning in quotes because it's not actually earned income, but they actually can earn what looks like interest on deposits. There are organizations that you can put your virtual currency into, and they pay you interest, air quotes, interest on the use of your virtual currency, and pretty good rates, a lot better than what any of us are getting in our banks, by the way, you know, mm-hmm. 5 6% on, on your Bitcoin. And the interesting thing about that is they call it interest, and I've had people come and say to me, you know, I earned interest. Um, my crypto deposits, and I'm always like, okay, is it <laughs> is is it interest? First off, it's paid in cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. you know, so they're getting you know, point oh one two three Litecoin or whatever they're getting, and that has to be then converted into dollars to get what the dollar amount is. But it's not interest because interest is defined on money paid on the loan of money. This is not the loan of money. This is the loan of property. So if you really overthink this one step too hard, you realize it's probably rent. If I'm loaning someone my property and they're paying me for it, that's really rent, right? (laughs) Yeah, that really is there. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that, so when this first started moment. happening uh, a couple of years ago, I, I went into overthinking mode, which I contend to do. And I was like, no, I've loaned property. That makes this rent. Wait a minute. Does that mean I have to depreciate the virtual currency? But wait a minute. It's not a real asset. It's an intangible. So does it mean I should be amortizing on my property? And then I realized I had taken this into tax hell. <laughs> and oh. really, it's just other income. And mm-hmm. we're just going to stop there. So that's what I do is I just report that on other income. Because what else mm-hmm. is there to do? Really, you're not going to amortize your virtual currency and report this on an e it's just other income yeah okay yeah let's let's try to just try to keep it simple when we can there because there's little hardballs like that thrown thrown at us as tax professionals and the fact that's even i didn't realize that you could even like let somebody borrow your virtual currency. Oh, that's yeah. kind of interesting. Oh, yeah, did, you're way better off having Bitcoin and loaning it to somebody than having dollars and, you know, getting .0001%, if, if not even negative. Yeah, there, there's decent money to be made in that. So it, it's, it's fascinating. And every time you think you've got a handle on this, you know, mm-hmm. then something changes. I had someone a few weeks ago tell me that he was going into the business of mining helium. So I'm a chemistry major. I'm pretty sure helium isn't mine. So I was momentarily stunned. And as often happens when I'm on the phone with a crypto client, I start Googling it. <laughs> what does it mean to mine helium? I'd never heard this in my life. So it turns out that what this is, helium is just the name of a new coin that's being paid out to people who are helping set up a wireless network with computers in their in their homes or you know wherever. And they're getting mm-hmm. paid in this coin called helium. So this is earned income. And if you're not sure if it's earned income or not, the magic question is whose computer is involved. If it's your computer, oh. it's earned income. Oh, so just boy. When you think you've heard everything, just, you know, then the phone rings and now you've heard everything. Now, you, now Yeah, well, then you, uh, at least it's, it, cryptocurrency is just like the rest of technology. Just when you think you got to figure it out, here comes something out new and better and exciting that's going to upgrade, so to speak, of it. So, you just, yeah, just when you got comfortable with Windows 8, here comes Windows 10, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty much just, that, that, that's it like there. That. And, so it just keeps us, keeps you know us guessing the there, which the IRS does a good job of that anyway. So. 
And, and the thing to remember as a tax professional is you're not meant to be an expert on cryptocurrency. You're an expert on taxes. So I think of this as like we're building a bridge toward each other. Here's my client. He's going to explain to me something I didn't know before about crypto. And here I am. I'm going to explain to him something he didn't know about taxes. And between us, you know, we're going to bridge the gap between us and, and mm-hmm. figure out the right way to report this. So I learn from clients all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and there's yeah. no reason. There's no reason to ever think that the tax preparer has to know more about virtual currency than than the virtual currency holder. There's no need for that. Oh, yeah. There's no need. And that's, and that's true across the board as tax professionals. We need to let our – we work to let our clients do their business. We just need to know what we need to know to to get the tax return done as accurately exactly. as we possibly can. So, yeah. Like, exactly. I, I have a client that, that has a diesel repair shop. I don't get into this. I don't talk to him about how to repair a diesel engine. That's his his thing. I just let's just let's just take care of what we need to to make sure that you're taken care of and <laughs> keeping your trucks running and repairing other people's trucks as you go along. So exactly, so, and the trick the trick with virtual currency is just always translating what they're saying into mm-hmm. tax language because they're speaking a whole different language, yes. and you're trying to then as you're listening start thinking, okay, is that earned income? Is it ordinary income? Is it capital gains? What is that income? Name that income. Yeah. So just real quickly here, uh, Amy, one, one last thought here. So if a taxpayer has been investing in virtual currency, what is your suggestion or reminder to them at this point? If you've been investing in virtual currency, and, and you know, go for it. Virtual currency is great. Um, make sure that you, if you limit yourself to one exchange, your life is going to be easier when it comes to reporting. Be very careful about foreign exchanges. So the new thing that's coming down the pike is that cryptocurrency held in a foreign exchange is going to be regarded as a foreign financial account, and reporting on FinCEN is going to be required. Okay. So Thank you for that okay. wonderful reminder there. <laughs> if that doesn't That's, put the fear of the IRS into you, nothing will. Yeah, so yeah. FBARs are going to be required for, for foreign uh, assets held on foreign exchanges. So I say, you know what? I know we all want to make money. I know we're all in this to try to, to try to earn a buck. But making sure that you're flying straight on taxes is really, really important. So limit your activities to a couple of exchanges that are supported by a conversion platform that you feel comfortable with. Beware of foreign exchanges because pretty soon you're going to have some nightmarish reporting going on. How's that? Oh, that's great. Thank you, Amy. We really appreciate you being with us today and explaining this this murkiness of uh, cryptocurrency there as it more updates are always going to come, and this will be a hot topic actually for quite a while there. So we, again, appreciate it, and maybe we can talk to you again sometime. Anyway, this is Marcelino Dodge. We really appreciate everyone that's been listening to the Tax Answers Advisor today during this hot topic. And anything comes up in this program or another that you want to go ahead and discuss, please, you're welcome to contact me at success at cashtracksfinancial.com or, of course, my phone number, 844 394 4287 and we wish everybody a wonderful week and I thank you and we'll talk be talking to you again next week at 9 a.m. Pacific as we give you a big thank you for listening to the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge on the Voice America Business Channel. Thank you for listening to the Tax Answers Advisor with host Marcelino Dodge. We'll be back again next Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more to share next week.